Earlier this year, I was approached by one of my parents' neighborhood friends concerning her dying husband. To keep things anonymous, let's call him Joe. It came to light that both she and Joe had been baptized Christians, but were not practicing their faith. Regardless, there was a strong desire to seek God during such a difficult time. The wife requested that I pray for him over the phone, and it was shortly after this that a priest came and administered last rites. Thanks be to God, even the wife, after many years, received her, made her confession and received Holy Communion. Two days later, Joe passed away. I thought I would also mention that my father was the one responsible for calling up the priest, but it wasn't easy by any means. At first, none of us really knew the religious background of either Joe or his wife. But when another neighborhood friend had voiced the same opinion, the decision was made. They needed to at least try, or to put it in my father's own words, he couldn't live with himself if Joe had died before then. Today's gospel focuses primarily on the healing of a deaf man with a speech impediment. But I wonder how many of us actually pay attention to the compassion and faith of the people who brought the man to Jesus. The implications of this passage are pretty significant for theology of intercessory prayer. Notice how the deaf man does not approach Jesus on his own, but through the help of his friends. This would seem to indicate that one can, by the strength of his or her own prayers, bring another soul to God, despite the latter's faith or lack thereof. Joe may not have been active in his church or received the sacraments in a long time, yet those who prayed for him moved God's hand to have compassion on him before his time had run short. We say in the Creed that we believe in the communion of saints, while this explicitly refers to all the blessed in heaven, we could extend this notion to include all of us who are part of the church, who are baptized. This means that intercessory prayer is not limited to the church triumphant, but is something all of us can and must do while on earth. Just as well, we hear in St. Paul's letters that the church is a body, and each of us are part of that body each supplying something, and each completely dependent on the others. In other words, no man is an island. Whatever graces or inspirations we have received from God are not only for our own salvation, but for the benefit of the entire Church. My father and his friend, who felt inspired to call a priest, admitted that this was as much for them as it was for Joe. They had to see for themselves that God could work through them to help someone else. But they had to be obedient, and they had to trust. We hear a similar story in the Synoptic Gospels of a group of people who lower a paralytic through the roof where Jesus was staying. Matthew describes the scene as follows, and I quote, and just when some people were carrying a paralyzed man lying on a bed, Jesus saw their faith, and he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Did you catch it? 
Jesus saw their faith. It was for the sake of those carrying the invalid that he was inclined to accomplish this miracle. If I might be allowed to make this comparison, the paralytic as well as the deaf man in today's gospel are analogous to all those within or without the church who do not hear the word of God because of a kind of spiritual paralysis. Perhaps they feel stuck in their sins. Perhaps they feel worthless, weak in the eyes of God, and therefore make no progress in their faith life. They possess a kind of spiritual speech impediment, which leaves them incapable of praising God. Or worse, they actually refuse to honor God because of their bitterness and hardness of heart. It is these especially that we ought to pray for. As any of the examples I've already given demonstrate, there is a guaranteed effectiveness in intercessory prayer. But this requires that we ourselves step up to the plate and become ourselves the conduits of grace that God wills us to be. For us to become the hands and feet of Jesus, we must grow in the likeness of Christ. If this is achieved, St. James tells us, Quote, the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you, that you may be healed. Now, it's important to add to this last point that our prayer for others will be more effective in the measure of our humility. What I mean by this is that keeping our brokenness and human frailty before our eyes creates within us a space for genuine compassion. We will connect with our fellow brothers and sisters to a greater extent if our solidarity with them is felt on a personal level. This will often take the form of offering up our pains and inconveniences in union with Christ. It may take the form of almsgiving or some other willful service that will require us to step out of our comfort zone. Or, more commonly, it will simply mean striving to maintain peace and unity within our own communities, taking an interest in other people, giving others the benefit of the doubt, smiling more, giving encouragement when needed, etc. My parents' neighbor, Joe, comes in many shapes and sizes. He's going about his day thinking himself alone in this world, perhaps without anyone else he can share his struggles with. He's the guy sitting in the pew with a straight face, but deep down he's struggling with doubt and depression. Or maybe he's the homeless man in need of someone to hear his life story. Will we think about the Joes of this world the next time we go to pray? Will we allow the Holy Spirit to move in us and inspire us Or are we too busy, too distracted with ourselves to notice? Perhaps in God's eyes, their salvation just might depend on it.